Dance, episode number four. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and today I have a very special guest, Andre Gamage, who is also my father, the third black judge in the 200-year history of St. Joseph County. That's Northern Indiana for those who are not in that area. He's also had a law practice for over 20 years. He's been on panel discussions in Selma. He's been with 100 black men. He's mentored, he's organized, and today he's talking about the curriculum he's developed, preparing your child for education. And it's an amazing perspective because he is the judge. He is the lawyer who has been in the courtroom while their child are watching their parents go to jail. So it's just a crazy perspective, and I'm excited for what we're sharing today, what he has to say today. Remember, there's two parts, so check out episode five when you're done. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Show notes at TreyGamers.com. Make sure you subscribe and tell your friends. This is The Dash. that you've done that I don't know about or that none of us, none of your kids know about or people wouldn't know in general. So I know you got the, I know about Alabama and you were on the 50th anniversary of the Selma, what was it, you were on the panel? Yeah, yeah, it was a panel discussion on, um, and I was actually talking about um, investing and what we mm. needed to do, um, particularly as, as African-Americans to move forward. Um, uh, in terms of building wealth. And one of the um, things that I was discussing there is um, how we have to live for the generation coming up behind us. Mm. You know, whether it's having insurance so that when we die, we're able to pass on uh, money to our kids or um, doing things, you know, educationally so that I'm not getting a new house or a new car, but I'm right. saving money. Uh, for my kids to be able to get education, those are some of the things that I was talking about because you know, I think it's it's important to understand that you know wealth is is built through <clears throat> excuse me through generations. Mm. So you know, at some point you have to you know live for the next generation and say hey, I'm going to try to make it better for my kids so they can make it better for themselves and they can start off instead of start off with zero you know start off with something. Have you have you done that? I remember the one time I asked um, I told you I thought I had done enough. And, and you <laughs> and you went off on me because I said, have you done enough yet? How do you know when you've done enough? Yes. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that I learned from, from my parents is that there are a lot of teaching moments that go on, and mm. they don't necessarily have to be, hey, sit down and hear this message. Sometimes it's making sure you get up every morning, yeah. get up at 8 o'clock in the morning, like, why, Dad? I don't have anything to do, but I need to make sure you get up so that you're in the habit of, of getting mm. up. And for and for you, in that situation, you're like, well, I, I've done the dishes. Yeah. You don't want to take the trash out. Like, <laughs> I've done enough. Yeah, but the cable is off, okay? The cable's off. And and the cable's out of the bill that I'm supposed to pay. Right. So if I don't pay the cable bill, then your little brother doesn't get his homework assignment done. He gets an F. He flunks a class. And because I didn't want to do a little bit more so right uh, it's is i was telling you that as as another teaching moment mm. so that something that gets ingrained in you and your brother and, and and whoever else so that you all down the line 
know that, you know, it's really never enough, especially when you're talking about your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about your kids and your families and your responsibilities. I mean, it, I'm not going to the grocery store, but right. we don't have anything to eat. So, <laughs> what? Uh, I went to the grocery store last time. Well, we don't have anything to eat. So, so there's, there's just teaching moments. There's things that you do over life, I think, right. that yeah. are just a lot of teaching moments that you have to um, try to give. And so really is when, when you have kids, I think, you know, your whole, their whole life as a child and your whole life as a parent is all a teaching moment. And you try to, you try to do the best you can to be able to show them mm-hmm. along the way and prepare them for what they're going to have to do as adults. What's, what's left for you? As you're 54 now, your kids are in college. We're all in college. We graduated. DeLorean's still in school. Um, we're all working. We're all hustling. You're working and hustling. What's left for you to accomplish? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think, uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's things that I continue to want to do as far as the judiciary is concerned. I want to be able to reach the, the, the highest that I can reach. Um, in the judiciary, so whatever opportunities open up that I think that I'm qualified for, I mm. will seek um, those opportunities. But the other thing, in terms of what um, you know, what else I can do, I, I've kind of over just over a short period of time, though. I think I've, I've come to the realization, though, that where I am is is really kind of a, a good path for me moving forward. Mm. Um, and so it's really it's important. Um, my thought process to kind of change over and try to make sure that that you all pick up the ball mm. and run with it. You know, uh, Grandpa did what he did. You know, he built a name to a certain extent. I expanded that. So as I've tried to tell, particularly you in Austin, that it's now important for for the two of you to try to expand it exponentially. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of like what we talked about before: is, is building. Um, building and wealth, not not necessarily wealth for the sake of having Financial, money, yeah. But you know, having having wealth and stability, number one, gives you an opportunity to live a good life, gives your uh, offspring an opportunity to be able to mm-hmm. live a good life, and also gives you an opportunity to be able to help others. You know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to help others. It's hard to take the time yeah. to be able to do things for somebody else when you're trying to make it yourself, trying to keep the lights on. You can't be worried about helping somebody at another school. Um, helping somebody else's kid, yeah. donating money, donating time. So, you know, for me, building wealth and and being successful gives you an opportunity to be able to do something for somebody else. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I think we I think we've picked up that's the power of compound interest, I think, first of all. So from grandpa picking cotton in the nineteen thirties and forties to the third black judge in the history of a two hundred year history of the county. And so now, you know, I've been able to ask you about taxes since I was seventeen years old. Austin's had his first business at nineteen. Um everybody's doing these things. So now at twenty three I can see past the place where if we're talking about financially, you didn't start to get to till you were thirty. Um so that's that's very hopeful I think for all of us to move forward. And it's also I think you can point out, and that's what's so important about Pice, and that's what we really want to talk about, is how important the opportunity is. Because what we have, having you as a father and my mother and our mother, is there's so many opportunities that we get that other people just don't. You know, right. to, the opportunity for, for me to suck at football my junior year, and just because <laughs> my dad said that I wasn't that good, you know, I can get a trainer. And, and I can I can go to the store and get me some turkey sandwiches so I can be big and strong again. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. You know what? You say that all the time. You know, you always and so and I've told people that. Hey, my son is because you had enough. Uh, you know, you were doing something at the church or something like that. I had to be told I suck. You say I suck all the and 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 that's true. And I did say that. And you did suck at the time. Yeah, it was you know, true. It, it was true. And uh, uh, but you know, sometimes when I look back on you know saying that you suck, probably it was harsh. <laughs> tell the you know, 16, 17 year old son but I didn't know I didn't really know how else to say it um, well one of the things it, it, it worked out well because you didn't just say I suck to say I sucked I, you said it right. one because it was true and you didn't say it and leave it at that you said that and gave me the tools to get better um, and, and if I if I could not get better you wouldn't have said it anyway so right. from my standpoint Trey you said you want to play football you got the all-conference award. I thought you sucked. If you think that's it, so I mean, from if if I'm really if I'm serious about playing Division One, if I'm serious about anything, exactly. I need to be able to take somebody telling me I suck. If it's true, so be it. Um, and you know, and, and you're right, and that's and that's a and that's a great point that you made. It wasn't just like, hey, Trey, you suck, and just walk away. Mm-hmm. It was Trey, look, man. Right now, as far as as far as playing football at the next level, you do you suck. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I said, if, if you if you just had no ability whatsoever, it'd be and, different. And you're too small, um, you're too slow, you don't have strength. I wouldn't have said that to you. I would have said, you know what, you're doing your best. If I would have thought you were doing your best mm-hmm. and that you had done everything you could to prepare yourself to play at the highest level, right. I wouldn't have said that to you. I have a very good understanding of of people and what their abilities are. Um, whether it's mentally or physically, and particularly with my kids, you know, right. I knew that you were capable of more. I knew you hadn't really put in the effort to be able to hone your skills to get better, and so I, I didn't know what those skills would turn out to be. Mm. But I knew that you weren't working at the level you could work at. Mm. So you're right; it was it was somewhat of a of a motivation. It was like, okay, if you want to get better, we're gonna put you in this, okay, and we'll see what happens. And I honestly didn't know what happened. Right. What happens? You know. We're going to put you into this program and this regimen to be able to work twice as hard as everyone else. Mm-hmm. And if you work twice as hard as everyone else, maybe something will come out of it. Um, train twice as hard as everyone else. And so you train twice as hard as everyone else, and the fruits of your labor show right. themselves. So, um, but I, I wouldn't have done that to, you know, I, you know even from years ago, um, coaching kids, I knew what kids were capable of. Right. And I knew they that mm. one kid was not going to be able to tackle the other kid. I didn't let him know that he wouldn't be able to make that tackle. I wanted to give him confidence. But when he didn't make the tackle or he didn't make the play, I didn't yell at him. And I didn't yell at him mm. because I knew he wasn't actually capable of okay. making that play. But I wanted to put him in position to be able to make that play so that one day maybe he would. Maybe he would be in a position to be able to, to make that play. But I knew right now that kid can't hit the ball, that kid can't make the catch, or he can't make the tackle. So... Um, so I, I, I kind of knew what I was doing. I'm glad at this point you at least appreciate well, that it wasn't. I, I think you have, for me, I have to appreciate it. And as somebody, I think if you're going to strive, you can talk about the Jordans or the Kobe's or whatever. Not that I'm comparing myself to them or whatever, but there is a certain dog in the fight that you have to have to get past a certain level or a certain state. And, and like you said, twice as much. You didn't say a little bit extra. You said do twice as much. I was doing yep. two a days, and this is the chunky fat boy who hasn't really been athletic or shown signs of being this Division One player that he seeks to be. But try it out. If you can make it, we'll see. If not, 
oh well, you know, you, you did what you could. So, I mean, your your thing has always been, okay, I don't care what my kids do. DeLorean plays soccer. Valencia did the baton. Um, right. Me and Austin play football. Whatever you want to do, I'll help you get it. That's a, exactly. that's a cool approach, and I think that um, – I think that sparks a mindset in us to want to continue to grow because it's not you get good grades and you play your sport and you're good, but it's also it doesn't matter what your sport is or your extracurricular. Just do your part and do your job. Yep, and I'm, I'm glad. And I, and I think that, uh, and I'm glad that you all appreciate that. Sometimes one of the things that's hard as a parent and, and sometimes particularly as a father is sometimes difficult because your kids – and, and, and your wife or mother, whatever the situation might be, they don't always know what's in your mind. Like, mm. you're being harsh, man. Why do they have to get up? Or why do they have to eat like this? Or why do they have to do certain things? Right. And the kids don't understand. And sometimes when you have that knowledge, though, you have to press forward mm-hmm. and give that knowledge and kind of fight through it. Like, no one's really going to understand this. Everybody's going to be mad at me. But I know this is the right thing. And I'm not, I'm not, things, I'm not talking about things that you're uncertain about I'm talking about things that you absolutely are certain of that this kind of discipline that is going to school um, getting up in the morning working hard um, shaking hands looking people in the eye all those things that you know are absolutely right and absolutely things that are necessary that that need to be done for your success Um, those are the things that you have to kind of continue to push through Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's and it's kind of um, lonely sometimes because everybody's mad at you. Wow. You know why, and, and you're not going to know why. You know, like, <laughs> 10 years later, like, man, you know, you know, I got it, yeah, but, you know, y'all was mad for, like, three, mm. four years. Mm. Um, so how do you how do you deal with that with having so it's grateful I feel like I'm pretty grateful to you and I express that to you a lot but the, there's still you know as a parent there's so much that you do for people that we just I'm never gonna see about what you do is that difficult as a parent? Um, no, you know what I I, uh, I have great pride in, in each of you because of the of the young people that you become. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know if you talked to Austin today, but Austin came down <laughs> today, and they, were, and they were trying to give him money, trying to give him a job, mm. and uh, and he said he looked pretty good. Uh, he sent us some pictures. He sent everybody some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, but he was in the, uh, the director of economic development. Just someone brought him in and said, and he was talking to him, and they offered him, "Do you want to work here, or do mm. you want to?" Um, or do you want us to just give you the business? Um, ask them. They, matter of fact, they even asked them, "Well, how much? How much would you charge us to present this? You know, to get this information out for us?" I wow. Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I didn't. Even, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just came down here down my dad's office. But, but what he told me is that um, the man said, um, "The way you're dressed and the way you talk mm. is better than resume." Whoa. Yeah, he's like, I. Whoa. Yeah, that's what he sees. Like you know, I, I see what you got already. Whoa! Uh, the way, way that you dress and the way that you speak. So dang. So he was just you know he had to basically tell them okay hold him in a stop you know I can't even they offered him like on the spot like money. Like, <laughs> he said I don't know I can't even give you a price because I don't even know what, what you're we're doing. Mm-hmm. So they're waiting for him to get back with them. Wow. Uh, to tell him. He, he said to them, hey, look, I, I want to know what your demographic is. 
and the, the product and then I can come back to you with how I plan to do it but mm. like okay come back and tell us um, <laughs> so I mean that and that would have happened to and had you been there the same thing would have happened right. and like I said I great pride and joy mm. in 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 the type of people that you all have become that is uh, young people from the standpoint of being active in your communities um, working hard the way you treat each other the relationship that um, you have with each other the way you you treat um, older adults your involvement in church all those things are are a great reward to me mm. to be to be like hey I met your son I met your daughter you know he's such a nice person they were they do this and they do that so all of that is a great reward okay me, I mean, it just is. That makes sense. And so I actually just put this connection in my head while you were saying that you're much like grandma in the sense that how many people that we heard about at her funeral that she helped and nobody, you know, she just never even mentioned. So as much as you do for the people in your life, and we talk about it all the time, um, you do a lot for the people and never tell us, like the boy on the bridge or, or the hundred black men or Selma. Why is it so important for you to give back to other people? You know, it's really important because <clears throat> I, I realized that had, you know, I, I was born into the environment of my mother and father, mm -hmm. you know, a hardworking man that came here from Mississippi who grew up when, when black people were still being lynched yeah. and sitting on the back of the bus and drinking out of whites only uh, fountains and picking cotton and, and, and all those things. But... Uh, he never gave me any of that. Mm. He never said, he never, I never felt hatred. Matter of fact, the exact opposite. You know, treat everyone the same, treat everyone based on who they are and the type of person they are, not what the color of their skin was. I, I grew up with, with that from him as far as the work ethic is concerned. And, and from my mother, who was uh, a disciplinarian, a God-fearing person, a caring person, a sympathetic person, a person who always had a good word for everyone. So there was nothing that I did to be born into that situation. Right. And that situation, being born to that mother and father, was something that I can't take credit for. Mm. If I hadn't had that mother and father, I would have been an entirely different person. So so what I try to do for people is is really symbolic of the opportunity that I was born into. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like I created that. It's like, well, you know, what is, hey, you're just, you know, this judge and you have success in the law practice and, and things of that nature. But had I not been born to that mother and father mm. and taught me those things, which I had no control over, then I would have been an entirely different person. And that mm. was one of the things that, one of the things that I could see in, in terms of uh, the representation of, of people, juveniles and adults, and um, not all of them, but some of them came from environments where their fathers weren't around, uh, their mothers weren't around, they weren't being cared for, they weren't being loved appropriately, mm -hmm. they weren't being given the proper discipline. <clears throat> and so some of the situations they ended up in were situations that were just emblematic of the environment they came up in. Mm -hmm. And so um, I knew that had I grown up in that environment, I could have been just like them. So in terms of right. the defense work that I did over all those years, um, I never looked at anyone that is, you know, this is a bad person. A, a lot of times it was a person who came up in an environment who didn't know any better, mm. didn't have the proper guidance. And, so, and, in, and in many cases, you're talking about people who have murdered, assaulted, battered, 
and abused and things like that. But I, th- I still think you're right. I still think you're true. I mean, your your environment and the way that you're brought up has a lot to do with that. And so for, for you to be to be an attorney, of all things, a defense attorney that helps young juveniles and delinquent minorities, and then to right. be a judge so you can, again, put your stamp. I think before this election, I didn't know how powerful voting was. Even, even when you ran for probate, four or five years ago, seeing how that this election directly affected me, it made a big difference for the way that I look at voting, knowing that if somebody else was elected, you would have got a new position or my cousin would have got a new position. Just because of that, like, I thought it didn't, oh, that's too high up, that doesn't touch me. But no, that's my my father and my my first cousin that it's affected by. So that's pretty crazy. And that was just a side note as well. I'm, I'm still getting to the point where you've done that work as a judicial officer and as an attorney and you've done the work as the mentorship I didn't realize that you and Cleo and the other man started the mentorship but the story that you had about that was okay I come and visit the kid after school for an hour and I walk him home to a home that's continuing to be in this bad environment what's the point of my mentorship I'm with you one hour a week once a week, and you spend the other 23 hours doing nothing. So what can I do? So now you've come up with PICE. What does, what does PICE stand for, and why is that so important? And, and um, I think it's, it's very appropriate that, that you brought up um, the, the idea that, yeah, I mean, as soon as I got out of law school, me and Cleo Washington and, and Charles Martin, um, we co-founded uh, Leaders and Positive Role Models. And young guys just out of school, um, no money involved in the situation, just volunteering to go in and, mm. and generally getting uh, the back, hey, there's these six uh, young men that we want you to talk to, all of them getting D's and F's, not showing up for class, so on and so forth. And so, um, and I did that for several, we did that for for several years. And it was very successful and a very well-known right. entity um, in the community. And then I started getting more involved in um, in my own business, my, my um, law practice and didn't have as much time to spend mm. doing that and had to take care of, of young my own kids. kids and and that and that is the sidelight is that hey for the last 15 16 years what have you been doing i've been doing a lot of things but for the most part i've been taking care of my kids you know that <laughs> that is you know hey i you know i said you know hey i'm, I'm in the 100 black man I said well you know but you're not immediately like where am i at? i'm taking care of my kids you know yeah. my son has a football game Okay, I'm with y'all. I'm I'm with y'all. Anything you need me to do, okay, I'm with you 100%. Here's my money. Ask me to do something, what have you. But you get a meeting on Saturday. My son's got a game. Okay, I'm going to see my son's game. I'm taking my son to a game. Mm. You know those. Things. So so um, I was I was doing things, and a lot of it I was doing during the, during the practice of, of law. Um, but when Delorean graduated um, uh, in 2016, I had. The preparing your child for education. Um, that was what I had on my board for a long time. Mm. And it really arcs back to one of the things that we just talked about is is parenting and what my parents did for me. Right. And and I thought that, you know, based on the experience with my mother and father, um, the experience with my own children, and you know I, I coached baseball, basketball, football and so in addition to <laughs> and you were at every game that's the that's an old aisle to pay to you as well i was talking to somebody we're talking about support i was like yeah. man shoot low-key my dad has been to just about every one of my kind of games since i was six years old whether it was 
two hours away across the country, Washington, D.C., whether it was a yeah. T-ball game or the world championship, you have always found a way to, to back up your support in whatever, whether well, people suck or not, whether we plan and, or not. And, and you're right. I'm going to games. You ain't no good, okay? Yeah. I'm going to games. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to, like, I'm going to this game. But I mean, but not only, and I, and I will say this, I went to your games. I went to, it's like, it's different if you have one kid. I went to I went to your like I said, whether it's baseball or T ball or football. Your choir oh, recital. Say what? <laughs> your, my choir recital or somebody's saxophone. Your choir recital, exactly. You know, choir recital. You know, all those things. You know, I want all things. Same things for Austin. I went to soccer for the one. You know, I, I hate it. You know, I like man, please don't play this game. So, but I went to all the I went to all the soccer. I went to baton. You know, I went to her track meets. We went you know a bunch of different places. But, um, you know, that was just another aspect of, of what needed to be done. But when I was done with that, really with, with DeLorean, when he graduated, um, I, I really took the experience. And the reason why I brought up mm. coaching is because there were other kids, you know. So you were there, but I'm also watching Johnny and Jimmy and Bobby and how they interact with other people, how they play, their level of confidence for all of you. So I'm, I'm, I'm there with, I'm coaching or just observing. I'm watching, I'm watching the people kids. around. And so I'm learning from, from my kids. I'm learning from all these other kids and I'm learning from my practice of, of law where I've seen people get into trouble. I've seen people do well. Mm. I've seen juvenile delinquency issues, things of that nature. And so I'm taking in all this information from all these different sources and it resonates with me because of my parents. And I said, you know, this information, is information that really needs to, um, I need to put on paper. I need to, to, to get out. Um, and coupling that with, uh, and I'm not saying that, that kids shouldn't have mentors, but the, you know, the parents control the environment. And, and so what I did with preparing your child for education is, is I did some research, uh, PowerPoint and, and, uh, and, and really coupled that with, with my own experience. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so what I what I do with that now really is um, I talk to parents uh, about the control they have over the environment and the and how that environment affects their child's educational success. So um, so I, I go in and say and, and really kind of explain to them first. I think the most important thing to do is to say that you know education is is so important. You know education gives you um, options. Education gives you opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that people say, well, education isn't for everyone, college, that kind of thing. And I, and I get that. Okay. But, but generally speaking, statistics show that right. people with high school degree, people with an associate's degree, people with bachelor's, master's, so on and so forth, make more money. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, I, and, I, and I don't want to, um, and I don't want to, we talk about money here a lot, but um, I'm, not, I'm not, hey, here's someone that's just about money. That, right. That's really not was really not the issue, but you can do so much. You can affect the, other people. That's just a piece of that, that part. The money part, the, when you have money, it's not an accident when you have money. Just like you said before about present, it's not an accident that somebody that's successful and has money is also in shape. And that they also right. do, they have a certain routine. All the things are encompassing. So my wealth and my spirituality and my being, oh. as it's all wasn't the same. It, it, it all goes hand in hand. So, you know, you make money, you can give it away if you want to. You mm -hmm. know, you can, you can give it, that, that's fine. So when I talk about money, I don't want people to be confused that, you know, it's all about money. But, but it gives you options because, because if you don't have money, you know, if, if you broke, it's, it's, again, it's hard to do anything for anybody. Right. It's hard for your kids. Right. You know, if 
my kid wants to do X, Y, and Z, but we can't afford to do that. How do you create a better environment mm-hmm. for for child? And so that's what that's what you know I do here is I try to number one try to show parents how much control they have over the environment mm. and, and how that environment helps the educational process for their kids because when the kid goes to school he needs to go he or she needs to go to school with the right framework the right mind work um, so that they're there what am I here for I'm here to learn I'm seeking knowledge this knowledge that I get in the first grade fifth grade right. tenth grade what have you is is going to help me in my life it's going to help me be successful in my life so I try to talk to them um, in, in the first phase if you will about the education and how important it is in that environment mm-hmm. and how you have over that environment and then I, I move into um, explaining to them really that your child is a blank slate um, your child is a blank slate you know this kid is not born bad um, this kid is not born good mm-hmm. this kid is born blank slate you make that child and so then I get into um, those things that help you um, make that environment better right. um, some the discipline issues the, the moral guidance um, the security of, of the home, the security of the environment that the child is in. Mm-hmm. What happens if the child gets hurt? You know, who do they go to? Where do they go? Um, doing what I what I do, not just I'm telling you something, but I'm not doing right. that. You know, it's not it's doing do what I say is is not good enough. <laughs> you know, you need to live it. You know, your child yeah. needs to be because they see everything. Because they see it all. So you get up in the morning. You know, I've, I've said, look, you don't have to. Um, you know, if you couldn't, if you if you never said a word to your child, and the child lived in your house, get up at six right. o'clock every. Hey man, my mom and dad get up at six o'clock every morning. Mm. Come back about four or five o'clock. Mm. At some point, at some point, think maybe he or she's going to work. Um, bills get paid, that kind of thing. Must be work. Must be a job. Right. Sunday, eight nine o'clock. They go away, get dressed up. They may be going to church. So, so if you never you see them doing something, they they they're seeing it. There's there's something. They're like, you know, what is this person right. doing? And eventually they figure it out. Like going to work. What did you do? I saw my daddy get up and go to work every morning. <laughs> you know, I saw my daddy get up and go to school every morning or go to church. Wake up so, and you, cook you breakfast and, and and go to jail before church and and do those kind of things yeah. like you did. Yeah. Uh, well, but and that makes that makes a huge difference too. That kind of modeling. So for me on Saturdays, that doesn't mean sleep till one o'clock in the afternoon. That makes no sense in my mind ever. Is if I on Saturday if I wake up at eight o'clock, I slept in. That's 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 kind of the mentality. Eight o'clock, shoot, I slept in pretty good. Even if I went to bed at four o'clock, that's still sleeping in. Eight o'clock, that's late. Nap late. Mm-hmm. Take a nap late. <laughs> take I gotta take a nap at twelve or one, whatever. I gotta get up. So what do you see as with Pice? And I want you to talk first of all about Madison and the demographics and the struggles they have at that school. But the overall vision that you have is Pice, because I can see a little bit in my head the impact that this program can have on not just South Bend, but the country and parents. But talk about, well, uh-oh, go ahead. Well, no, you know what, I, I, the reason why I say that is because, um, did I tell you last night, uh, the Indiana Department of Education was here because that uh, mm. Madison School has got an F uh, grade from the school for um, <clears throat> five years in a row. And so, um, the Department of Education has to come in on their rules. They have to come in and 
uh, evaluate the school and make some determinations about what's going to happen. Is the state going to take it over? Is there a plan that the school uh, and the school corporation have? And there was about 300 people there last night. Mm. And so, and the principal had called me and asked me to come speak on their behalf because of what I had done there. And part of her presentation, she put up um, the, the graphic, the, the flyer that your brother did, um, preparing your child for education, mm. you know, that whole um, graphic they put up on the screen for everyone. Actually, I got a call today, I got an email today for from another um, teacher who wants me to come to um, an, an intermediate school to be able to, to be able to, um, you know, do the presentation there. But, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of in terms of how I see it, um, I, what, what I see is, what I see is, um, number one, getting the parents to, to buy into um, the, the environment and how much the environment affects the educational process. And number two, um, being willing to uh, then buy into trying to create a better environment. And I understand that your child is in the second grade or third grade, whatever the situation might be, and you might not have all those things that you would like, and that environment might not be as conducive as maybe it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, for that child's um, educational growth. And so, but you want to move me. My child is in the second grade. So by the time the child's in the fifth grade, I want to have my own house. I want to be in a better environment. I want to have the situation a little bit better for myself so I can provide better for my child. You want to be moving in a direction. So I want to be able to help parents move in that direction. Yeah. And one of the things that I um, collaborated on with, um, with Goodwill um, was to be able to offer services to parents to be able to say we bought into when you buy into the education is good you buy into the environment has very much to do with the educational process and mm-hmm. you buy into I want to change my environment to make my environment better and the environment can never be perfect so you're always going to be working on that right. so um, by by bringing in other resources social service agencies that kind of thing because people have different problems um, I've, got a, I've got a drug problem um, I, I don't get along with my, my baby's mother, my baby's father. Uh, I don't know. I don't have an education myself, so it's difficult for me to be able to communicate um, and be able to help my child right. with uh, with his or her schoolwork. So, you know, let's get some counseling and you know, let's get some tutoring. Let's get you your GED. Mm-hmm. Let's help you job. Let's help you get a license. You know, those kind of things because your child, you know, this helps you create that better environment and your child sees success in you. Yeah. And, and that wow. in and of itself breeds success in the child. So you're really helping people help themselves, you know, and, and right. really bringing the accountability and the responsibility to where it's already at. I change myself and I change the next person's life is essentially what's going on. Episode four, Pice. Preparing Your Child for Education. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to check out part two, episode five, that's continuing the same conversation, continuing to go forward. You know, one of my top takeaways here is basically looking in the mirror, asking myself if I've done enough is what needs to happen in order to keep going forward. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you like it, please share it. Tell your friends. Help us spread the message. This is The Dash.